Hello, D.C. sports fans, and welcome back to the District Sports Report with D.C. Donnie. I'm your host, D.C. Donnie, and I'm excited to bring you up to date on the happenings of D.C. professional sports. It was an eventful week in the district. Headlined by that terrible injury to Redskins quarterback Alex Smith, who broke his leg against the Houston Texans. Oddly enough, the injury came exactly 33 years after Joe Theismann had the same leg injury against the New York Giants. To add on top of that to the the weird similarities, from what I read, it happened right around the same yardage line. It happened by All-Pro J.J. Watt, opposed to All-Pro Lawrence Taylor for Theismann. The games even had the same final score, although with a different result. The year that Theismann broke his leg, the Redskins beat the Giants. And obviously, we know it turned out a little bit different against the Texans this past Sunday. Not only is it a shame because, of course, we care about Alex Smith's health and his well-being going forward, but it puts a major thorn in the side of the Washington Redskins going forward this season. They're going to have to rely heavily on backup quarterback Colt McCoy, which isn't a terrible thing, and I'm thankful that we have a good backup quarterback. It's no secret that Alex Smith's tenure with the Redskins got off to a slow start offensive-wise. Although he's done a good job protecting the football, he hasn't created much, And that's the reason why I actually think the Redskins aren't going to lose too much transitioning from Alex to Colt. So before we proceed with the rest of the podcast, I just wanted to send a message to Alex Smith from the District Sports Report and your boy DC Donnie. Alex, get well soon. I hope you have a speedy recovery and we hope to see you on the field again next year. Until then, the season must go on and we will be... Moving on with quarterback Colt McCoy. Of course, you all know the Wizards are near dear to my heart, and they're not making this injury any more palatable. The Wizards have been terrible this year. Although they did win last night against the Clippers, the Wizards are facing what looks to be a dismantling of the team. I just hope they don't give that responsibility to GM Bernie Grunfeld. Ernie Grunfeld has failed over and over and over again, and somehow he always gets a chance to come back. If the Wizards do break it up, which I'm not advocating for, I hope Ted at least has the sense to bring in a different GM to dismantle and reassemble the team. I think it's way too early in the season to make any drastic moves. And you've got two superstars in this league, and they're locked up long term. It could be a huge mistake to try to move on too early and prematurely. But again, these are just rumors. Nothing has come from the Wizards front office or ownership about trading. And I know that John Wall is near dear to Ted Leonsis's heart. I don't think he's going to be real quick to sign off on a trade to send his coveted number one pick to another team. The main gripe I'm hearing about the Wizards is how the team hates each other. Apparently, apparently they don't get along at all. They don't like each other. And when you don't like each other, it's hard to play well together. Now, I'm not completely buying it. Now, I don't doubt that there's some friction in the locker room between these players. 
but winning cures all. And I think the Wizards just need to stay the course. Scott Brooks needs to mess around with his starting lineup and his rotation, and they need to figure out a recipe to win with the current personnel. I mean, if you look at it on the surface, the Wizards are only two and a half games out of a playoff position. Why would you make a major move to shake this up when a, a 10-game winning streak would put them in the top, few, top three teams in the, in the East? Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not expecting the Wizards to reel off a 10-game winning streak anytime soon, although it could happen. The point I'm trying to make is there are a lot of teams that make the playoffs in basketball. And as we all know, the game changes heavily in the playoffs. It leans more towards defense. Players are more willing to play defense. And it's a, any, anything can happen once you get into the playoffs, especially in the NBA and in the NHL. Speaking of the NHL, this is a good time to segue into our Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. The Capitals have gotten off to a slow start. They currently have 23 points, and they're in the eighth seed for the East. They would be if the, if the season ended tomorrow. A big reason for this is they're transitioning from head coach Barry Trotz to head coach Todd Reardon. I would think that there's going to be a few different concepts that, that Reardon wants to work into the team to, to make it his, things they can uh, improve on. Uh, to go back-to-back, which is a very difficult thing to do in any sport, let alone the NHL. But I'm not too concerned about the Capitals. Alex Ovechkin's still going strong. He's currently second in the league with 15 goals. And the Capitals have had to deal with a lot of injuries. Braden Holpe just came back last night. He's been out for a week. Evgeny Kuznetsov and TJ Oshie have been out for roughly a week. So it's a long hockey season, and like the basketball team and the Wizards, I'm not going to freak out. I think that these teams will get into their groove and restore the winning ways to D.C., and we're going to have a great sports year. Even if I'm wrong and the team doesn't regain form, we're still the defending Stanley Cup champions, and nobody can take that away from us. The Washington Redskins are 6-4. and Even if they were to lose to the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow on Thanksgiving, we'd still have a winning record. 12 weeks into the season with a winning record? I'll take it. So without further ado, I'd like to get to the main event of the show. So back by popular demand, I've got Michael V. Jones on the show today. That's right. You guys enjoyed the segment that we did before the Redskins-Cowboys game earlier in the year. I think Mike and I were spot on what happened with that game and our expectations. Of course, the Redskins came away with the last-minute victory when the Cowboys got called for that phantom false start penalty. But hey, I'll take it. Those things happen in the NFL every week. And the Redskins got the victory, and they remain in first place. This is one of the biggest games that I remember in recent history between the Redskins and the Cowboys, especially since it comes on Thanksgiving. 
both teams still fighting to get into the playoffs. It's looking like only one team from the NFC East will go to the playoffs this year, and of course that will be the division winner. The Redskins have a one-game lead on the Cowboys right now, so a victory would cement a two-game lead over our hated foe. And the Eagles look terrible, so this is a huge game any way you cut it. I, I think the Redskins need to win this game. If we want to go to the playoffs, you got to take care of the division rivals, and you have to win the big games. And this is the time to do it. I'm excited to see what Colt's going to do. Anyhow, let's get to the conversation with Dallas Cowboys fan and my good friend, Michael V. Jones. All right, everybody. I'm happy to announce by popular demand, I have Michael V. Jones on the line. Of course, Mike's a big fan of the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys have one of their biggest games in recent memory right on Thanksgiving here on Thursday. What do you think about the game, Mike? Well, it it shouldn't be short of drama. Um, Even with the Alex Smith injury, I just uh, feel like it adds even more flair to the matchup with Colt McCoy coming in because you really don't know what to expect. Are you going to get a a backup quarterback, or are you going to get a guy that uh, put on a show like he did on Monday Night Football at Jerry World four years ago? Yeah, the Alex Smith injury was definitely devastating. Uh, It's been a tough time for Washington sports this week. The Wizards are falling apart. Alex broke his leg. The Redskins lose a game. They probably should have won against the Texans. That could come back to bite. But it is an intriguing matchup with McCoy coming in. I've I've really always liked Colt McCoy. I remember that national championship he played in at Texas against Alabama and got knocked out. And you could just see the look on his face. Nothing could have kept him from coming back in that game if he was healthy enough to do so. He's just he's a gamer. He loves to play football. And I think when he gets out there, anything can happen. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, they talked about um, when Alex Smith came to Washington, he'd be able to do a little bit more than Kirk Cousins would as far as doing things like zone read and uh, quarterback draws and things like that. Well, Colt McCoy might even be better at this. I mean, I remember that game very well four years ago. He was like a bar of soap in the pocket he was just very elusive uh if he had a seam he could take off um he showed some of that against uh houston and his brief playing time uh on sunday so like you said he's a competitor he's a gamer he's a texas kid and this is this is thanksgiving this is dallas i mean it's the the world is watching so uh, maybe he's got another performance in him for, for me, hopefully not, but, uh, for you guys sake, I, mean, I know that's what you guys are hoping for. Yeah. You know, Colt McCoy, I think, uh, even though he's a third round pick and he, he could have panned out as a starting quarterback. I mean, Drew Brees isn't very tall, but at six one and he's 32 years old, I kind of think you, you've got what you got with the guy. I don't think that you have a case where he was overlooked and then he gets a second shot and takes off. But at the same time, I think he's a very capable backup. Uh, This is his fourth year with the Redskins, so he knows the offense well. And really all he has to do is go out there and not beat us because the Redskins are going to win games with their defense. And that's how we beat you guys before with that uh, strip fumble in the end zone 
to me was the biggest play of the game and really the difference. But you guys also have a stout defense, and I'm looking for an exciting game. Vegas has the the Cowboys favored at seven and a half. I'm just not seeing it. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. But the, the, I, I see a defensive play deciding this game just like last time. What, what do you think about that? And and it very well might. Um, you know, last game, I think, uh, you know, Washington's uh, defense really punished the Dallas offense. Uh, they contained Zeke. Um, our offensive line really struggled. Um, there were some drive-killing penalties. Actually, there was a, uh, if you recall before that, um, sack fumble touchdown play. Um, Dak had hit um, Cole Beasley for a big first down that was nullified by, I believe, a Connor Williams holding uh, penalty. So, yeah, I mean, a turnover, again, could make or break this game. I, I think I said last time, uh, we did the podcast that the, uh, it would come down to turnovers. Um, but uh, I do have some more confidence in the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys this time around. Uh, Connor Williams, um, due to an injury, um, hasn't played the last couple games. And they've um, put in uh, Xavier Suafilo, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, uh, and he has um, kind of solidified that other guard position. And, uh, um, I mean, the, the, you can see the proof is in the pudding as the results that um, Zeke has gotten the last couple games. I mean, he is on a roll. So will he have another monster game against this defense? I don't know, but I do expect a better performance out of him than I did in Washington. Well, Ezekiel Elliott right now, Ezekiel Elliott, excuse me, is second in rushing in the NFL right now. And uh, he's definitely one of the best running backs in the NFL. Your line's been banged up all year, as is ours. We're, we're missing our two starting guards. Not sure if Trent Williams is going to play or not. But I would have to think that Jay Gruden's plan going into this game has got to be stop the run at any cost. They can't let Ezekiel Elliott break off one of these 150-yard games with two touchdowns. They really need to put the ball in Dak's hands and make him beat us. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, I think that's, we kind of know that going in, that they are going to try to stack the box. Well, um, you know, this time around, they do have Amari Cooper, which they didn't have in the last game. Now, he hasn't had necessarily a, a big, you know, 100-yard, multiple-touchdown performance since he's gotten there. But what he has done is he has opened up things for, you know, Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup and some of the other pass catchers. So will that be enough to kind of give, uh, you know, make will Amari be a guy that Washington has to key on? Could that open up a little bit more for Zeke Elliott? Yeah, I mean, I don't Amari Cooper doesn't scare me at all. I'm not going to say he's a total bum, but when you guys traded a first round pick for him, I was celebrating. I thought it was a bad move. <laughs> don't think he's that good. I think he's a, a number two receiver at best. So for me, I'm not scheming my defense for Amari Cooper at all. Um, I'm not necessarily stacking the box the whole time either, but I'm going into it knowing that I need to stop the run and basically play everyone else a true one-on-one game. 
Yeah. Well, I don't think Amari, given the way we are passing game in our quarterback situation, you know, it's just not really designed for, I think we've had one receiver go over a hundred yards this year. And that was a uh, Cole Beasley against Jacksonville, I believe. Um, but he had, I will say since he's been in Dallas, that defenses have had to key on him. He does create more separation than the other receivers and it has opened some things up for Zeke Elliott. So I do, like I said, I do think will Zeke have another, you know, 200 total yards like he did uh, last week in Atlanta? No, because that defense is bad. We know that. Um, but I do, I do think he can be, uh, I think the run game can be effective uh, for Dallas. I do, you know, it's going to be a physical battle in the trenches. Um, but with the offensive line, um, with them uh, changing some parts from last game, I think that they will be more competitive with that uh, Washington defensive line. Well, last game, I know going into it, both of us had mentioned that the turnover battle was going to decide the game, and ultimately it did with the Redskins winning that game. And that's one thing that the Redskins have done exceptionally well all season is to give away takeaways. They're tied for second in the NFL with plus 12, and the Cowboys are – 20th at even and on top of that is specifically the takeaways our defense has gotten 21 takeaways this year to 10 from Dallas and I I think those numbers speak volumes so going into this game when we saw each other the other night I was all ready to pick the Cowboys doom and gloom we lost our starting quarterback and then I rethought it and even though I think Alex is a great leader and he doesn't typically turn the ball over He's also not a world beater. So I don't think we've lost too much from going from Alex Smith to Colt McCoy. And we still have that defense that's causing all the turnovers. So to me, I think that's going to be the difference in the game. What do your Cowboys have to do to win this game? Well, obviously protect the football. Um, and I think uh, like they have to be able to run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott. He does not have to have the monster game that he had in Philadelphia or um, in Atlanta, um, I mean, the, the Cowboys defense held the Atlanta Falcons to under 20 points uh, in, their, in, the, in their stadium, whatever it's called, Mercedes-Benz, whatever, um, you know, and they were averaging 33 points at home. So I, I think with this Washington offense, that is, we're not going to see anything in this game like we saw on Monday night with uh, L.A. and Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be quite the, quite the opposite. We could even see a you know, 6-3 slugfest. I don't think so, and hopefully not. But that's the kind of you know, offenses and defenses that we have in this game. So I think they have to just be able to run the ball effectively, protect the football, Dak does, um, needs to avoid taking those unnecessary sacks where he holds on to the ball too long. Um, you know, every once in a while there is a good sack to take, but uh, in that game um, in D.C., he took some that uh, really there were some chances where he could have gotten rid of the ball and, uh, you know, those sacks in the end, those them and the holding penalties, ended up killing the drive. So they have to avoid 
those kinds of things that keep them, uh, you know, prevent them from those third and 15s, third and 12s, because they're not the type of offense that's going to pick those up. Um, on defense, I think they um, uh, need to, um, you know, get to the quarterback a couple times, uh, get McCoy a little uncomfortable, a little rattled. Um, don't let him get in a rhythm. I mean, he averaged, I, I believe he averaged in the game in uh, 2014, 11, over 11 yards per attempt. I mean, they cannot allow that. Uh, on Monday Night Football against Marcus Mariota, he, you know, had, was very comfortable back in the pocket and carved them apart. Um, and they have some similar athleticism. So I think those are the keys of the game. You know, rattle McCoy, see if you can cause a turnover, run the ball efficiently and protect the football and offense. So, yeah, obviously the key to the game to me for the Redskins is the, the turnover battle. I think that we need to win that, and we may even need to, to win it by more than, than one. We may need to get a couple more turnovers uh, than you guys get. But something I'm also looking at from a Redskins perspective is most of the league doesn't know who Josh Doxson is, and it's for good reason. He was a first-round pick a few years ago, and he really hasn't done anything. But the guy is starting to come along, and in the past few games, he, he's not getting separation, but he would catch all his targets. They're throwing the ball up to him, and he's making plays and getting the ball. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of chemistry develops between McCoy and either Doxson or whoever it may be, that, that wide receiver that maybe he can build better chemistry than with Alex. And then on Dallas's note – like Amari Cooper, you mentioned, I, I'm not high on Amari, but he's only been there for a few games and you have to build this chemistry. So the Redskins could be in trouble if Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott just start clicking. Yeah. I mean, if, if Dak has a, a great game, then you can forget it. If, if he's, if Dak Prescott is beating, you know, is throwing the ball all over the field. I'll believe it when I see it, but if he is, then yeah, Dallas should win this game. No problem. Um, I don't, again, I don't know. Uh, I, I was pretty impressed that uh, first game Washington's secondary uh, DJ Swearinger in that first half of that game was just all over the field. Is Quentin Dunbar going to be playing? I'm not sure. I was looking into that earlier today and he's questionable <clears throat> which i feel like he's been questionable the whole season and quentin dunbar is our best corner uh of course josh norman is the big money man i believe he's still the highest paid corner in the league and he's not even the best corner on our team so quentin dunbar playing huge for us we need him to play uh we need swearinger as you talked about to to be himself which i'm sure he will be he's he's been bringing it all year and then uh, you're going to get your first look at HaHa ha Clinton Dix, who's made a pretty big impact since he's gotten to the Skins. Yeah, I mean it's going to be you know a tall order uh, for this Dallas offense that uh, you know Philadelphia. I mean their their defense is a shell of its former self. Uh, Atlanta, we know they don't have a great defense. So I mean this is going to be a real test. 
and they're really going to have to, you know, win some battles in the trenches to move the ball. Do you think the winner of this game wins the NFC East? And do you, if Dallas loses, do you think you guys are done? I think the winner of this game, it's not a guarantee that they win the NFC East, but they should be feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, everything's still pretty tight, and there's still a lot of division games left that can, can uh, screw some things up. And, and like I told you, Last night with Colt McCoy, he can come in and win ball games, but can he last? That would be my fear if I was a Skins fan. Can he, you know, last and take the hits as the season winds down and they're playing for, uh, you know, he's playing teams that are fighting for playoff spots, playing teams that, you know, where guys are fighting for, for jobs for next season. Uh, I'm not sure. So even if Washington wins, they, they're the favorite. They, they should be feeling good about themselves. It's not completely over. And you know, the Cowboys, they, you think they're out of it and they always seem to keep it interesting till the very end, you know, doesn't mean that they're going to get in because, uh, they've had their heart broken, you know, numerous times on the last week or second to last week of the season, but they always seem to keep it interesting to the very end. So no matter what happens, the division race is not over. See, to me, this is an absolute must win for you guys. Uh, after this game, you'll be playing the saints, then the Eagles, and then at the Colts, that's going to be a brutal stretch. I mean, you have to include the Redskins in there, of course. So those are, those are four very tough matchups against very different teams and two of them being in the division and don't get me wrong as a Redskins fan I'm looking at this as a must win for us too we need to break the two game uh, losing streak and we need to get back in the win column and even though the Redskins schedule is a bit soft anything can happen in these division games and we still have the Eagles twice and we still play the Giants again and although the Giants aren't very good it seems like they're starting to click at the right time yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, and that's why I was saying I don't think it's over. What happens if Dallas uh, loses to, you know, to Washington and then Washington uh, and then beats Philadelphia and then Washington loses both games to Philly? It's an awesome kind of screwed up, you know, mathematical tie. So am I saying that's going to happen? No, but it, the way things are going this year, it's plausible. Yeah, I, I just I can't see us losing two games to the Eagles. And I I almost hate to give Jay Gruden credit because I'm really not a fan of his. And I, I would be happy if they fired him tomorrow. But he has had a very good record against the Eagles. He seems to have their number. And although he doesn't have Kirk Cousins at quarterback anymore, who is part of that equation of beating the Eagles, I just kind of feel like we've got their number. And they look like trash right now. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's very head scratching. I mean, I remember when we talked a few weeks ago, I kind of thought that Philly would be the team that got on a run and eventually got a stranglehold of the division because I figured Carson Wentz would get back in his rhythm. I, I still think he's the best passer 
in the court out of all the quarterbacks in the division, um, as far as passing ability, but, um, for whatever reason, uh, they just have a, for lack of better saying, Super Bowl hangover. And I think there's been some exposure of Doug Peterson not to take anything that away from him that he did last year, because that was a remarkable coaching job, but he lost a couple offensive coaches on his staff. And you look at Frank Reich, who's in Indianapolis and the turnaround he's done. I think they're, you know, missing some of that coaching staff that they had last year. Yeah. He must be a quarterback whisper because Carson once was playing excellent under, under Wright, And now he's with Andrew Luck. And of course, Andrew Luck's got skills, but I feel like he had fallen off the past year or two. And we're like, where's this Andrew Luck? The guy that's supposed to be the next Peyton Manning, the next Tom Brady. And he's tearing it up this year. Yeah. Another loss for Wentz too is um, John D. Filippo, who remembered Reich was going to stay on as offensive coordinator. So D. Filippo, the quarterback's coach, went to Minnesota to take that position, the offensive coordinator position there. Josh McDaniels uh, dropped out of the, the Colts job. He, you know, turned it down at the last second and uh, Reich um, ended up getting the job. So Philly kind of got screwed. They would have just moved up D Filippo had Reich moved on. Um, so that was kind of a tough break for them. Another aspect of the Eagles and what they're missing from the Super Bowl team is that running game. They didn't bring back LeGarrette Blunt and they lost a Jai early in the season. And now it's just been kind of a carousel of running backs trying to figure it out to where before they had that power NFC East running game to go along with the defense. And, you know, the the NFL, the rest of the NFL can go to this passing game like we saw last night. And I'm not saying that that's not the future of the NFL, but there's still something to be said about that hardcore NFC East. We're going to beat you up on the ground and play solid defense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is NFC East football and um, that – that Eagles team last year, as well as they moved the ball through the air, they were able to run it very well. And that offensive line for Philadelphia, you had Lane Johnson playing well. You had, um, and he's been in and out of the lineup this year. Uh, Jason Peters is not the same uh, coming back from injury. And uh, Jason Kelsey, they're all pro centers, uh, been uh, playing with some injuries as well. So that offensive line that was dominant last year, and with those other running backs uh, that they had in the lineup, um, that's not there this year. Um, so that that offense um, has really taken some hits. Yeah, they're 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 suffering, and I'm real close to putting the fork in them. I think they're just about done. I mentioned it to you before when the Redskins played the Cowboys the first game that this division is between the Redskins and the Cowboys, and I still see it that way, and. Although it's not the ultimate deciding game, this is going to be a huge game on Thanksgiving. And it's really a good chance for one of these teams to build momentum, beating their most hated rival, taking the driver's seat in the NFC East, and not look back. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I don't think it's the the, the end all, but it's uh, it's definitely a pivotal game and whoever wins is the one you'd probably put your money on 
uh, someone twisted your arm uh, to take that title and uh, get a playoff berth. So who are you putting your money on, Mike? I want to hear a prediction, a score, and let me know what you think is going to be the difference in the game. Okay, well, I've gone back and forth. I, You know, with Cowboys and Redskins, you can throw out records. You can throw out injuries. It's just such a such a rivalry, and both teams get up for it. We could go – uh, down the list of games if we had more time and just point out, well, this team had this against them and somehow they prevailed. I mean, uh, you, we can go back to before we were born, the the famous Clint Longley game where Roger Stallback got knocked out. Uh, this unknown guy named Clint, you know, the Redskins were crushing the Cowboys. Uh, this unknown rookie, Clint Longley, comes in, rallies the Cowboys, throws a game-winning pass, and is never heard from again. And that's, you know, that's what sets the stage up perfectly for Colt McCoy, who I still have uh, nightmares about now from that Monday night football game uh, four years ago. However, I do, th- I do think um, this team defensively is much better than the team in 2014. Um I think, um, you know, Marcus Lawrence had a big game last week. Randy Gregory's had um, a sack in each of the last two games. So I do think they get to Colt McCoy a couple times, maybe uh, make him throw the ball, um, you know, not where he wants, not necessarily intercepted, but, um, you know, force him to throw the ball a little uh, sooner than he wants to. And I think Zeke, I think the difference is the, in the game this time around is the off- the play of the offensive line um, and Zeke being able to do more on the ground. So I have Dallas taking it 20 to 14. Okay. So I've got a little bit different. Like you, I've gone back and forth. I think in the beginning I was still shell-shocked from losing Alex Smith and thinking, oh, man, there's no way we're going to win with our backup quarterback, but I flip flop off of that. And I think that Colt McCoy is going to get up for this big game in his home state of Texas. He's going to throw for 300 yards, two touchdowns to one interceptions and the Redskins take it 27 to 24. Uh, The difference really being our strength. And that's the defensive line. The, The defensive line for the Redskins has been incredible this year. Uh, Matt Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and, and then you've got Ryan Kerrigan coming off the edge at linebacker. And I think those guys are going to force three fumbles, and that's going to be the difference in the game. All right. Well, I think we both agree that it's going to be a close game. It's going to, you know, heart's going to be pumping. Get your pacemaker ready after that big meal. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be be another classic. I don't expect a blowout of any sort. And uh, yeah, Cowboys Redskins Thanksgiving. What more could you want? I want a Redskins Super Bowl. That's what I want. <laughs> I just don't think yeah, I'm well, going to get it this year. Yeah, yeah don't hold your breath. I'm <laughs> I'm not going. So on that note, uh, have you changed your Super Bowl pick at all? Did, did yesterday's game change anything for you? Um. 
Uh, no, not really. I mean, I like the Saints right now in the NFC uh, just because I think they're playing the most balanced football uh, probably of any team in the NFL. Um, I still, in the AFC, I still like Kansas City. Uh, you know, I think this could be, a, a you know, Patrick Mahomes is crazy in numbers as he put up uh, on Monday night, uh, he did turn the ball over five times. I don't think that's going to happen uh, that often. And this is a game he can kind of go back and, you know, maybe learn from. But that kid's arm is just so talented. You know, I mean, he could, I mean, if they're, they're probably going to have home field um, throughout the AFC playoffs or so likely, well, the three best teams in the AFC, they all play outside. Uh, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and New England. So that kid's arm, he could, you know, throw the ball through, a, you know, a hailstorm and 50-mile-an-hour winds. So I'm not I'm not worried about Kansas City. Uh, obviously, they got some concerns on defense, but uh, I'm not sure who can match points with them in the AFC. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my original picks of the Rams and the Steelers. And the reason that I don't have the Chiefs in – is their lack of defense. And you could say the same thing about the Rams, but I feel like the Rams have the personnel to bring it together on defense. And they've also got one of the best young coaches in the league in Sean McVay. Uh, The Chiefs, on the other hand, have Andy Reid, who the big knock on him is not one of the big games in the playoffs. And I I believe that's going to continue to haunt him. But uh, you've got Mike Tomlin, and those Steelers creeping up, they, they just seem to never go away. Big Ben already won two Super Bowls. So I'm going with the experience there in the AFC with uh, Tomlin and Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad pick, especially the way uh, Pittsburgh's defense has been playing lately. Um, I think the key for them is they have to get off to a fast start. If Big Ben doesn't get in a rhythm, like he did last Sunday, it can be a real ugly game. They were still able to pull it out, but of course it was against a team like Jacksonville that's not going to light up a scoreboard. Right, and speaking of fast starts, that's another thing about the Redskins, and it's very interesting, is every game that they've scored first, they've won. And every team where, or excuse me, every game where the other team scores first, they win. Uh, I text my buddy, during the Texans game, after they, they scored a field goal and went up 3 nothing, said game over. And, of course, he laughed, but it ended up being correct. The, the Redskins can't seem to, to come from behind. They, they, they have to get off to a quick start. Yeah, and, and the Cowboys are, are like that in a lot of ways. Now, I don't think the, they have come from behind in some games um, to go, and gone on and won, but... Um, yeah, uh, if a team, if one of these teams gets up, you know, a couple scores early, that might be good night, Irene, just because the way the teams are built offensively and defensively. Right. All right. Well, we should have a great game, Mike. You're taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Redskins. Should be a fun game. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Donnie. Enjoy tur- Turkey Day. Yeah, Mike, we appreciate you coming on. Take care, buddy. All right, you too. Well, that was a lot of fun. It's always great to have Michael V. Jones 
on the show, brings an intelligent other perspective to the game of football. Of course, being a Dallas Cowboys fan, we try not to be too biased here on the District Sports Report, but it's kind of hard not to be a homer for your favorite team. So we'll see who's right. I'm 1-0 against Mike this year. Of course, the Redskins won the last game. Mike picks him 20-14. to 14. He thinks Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the difference along with that Dallas offensive line. I'm actually going on the other end. I think the, the Washington Redskins defensive line is going to contain Zeke again and force three fumbles to, on their way to a 27-24 to 24 point victory. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Facebook. DC Donnie on Facebook. DC Donnie Sports on Twitter. Let us know what you think is going to happen in the big Thanksgiving game. Share some other topics that you'd like to discuss on the District Sports Report. And we all always welcome guests of any team to come on and talk sports. So that's going to be a wrap for this special edition show, recording from Corolla, North Carolina. Here spending time with family like we always do around this time of year. Catch us next week where we'll recap the big Thanksgiving game and get you up to date on all the other D.C. sports. But until then, I'm D.C. Donnie. This has been the District Sports Report. Thanks for tuning in. Hail to the Redskins. Hail victory. Braves on the warpath. Fight for old D.C. Run or pass or score, we won a lot more. Beat em, swamp em, touch em, let the points soar. Fight on, fight on, till you have won, sons of Washington. Rah, rah, rah. Hail to the Redskins. Hail victory. Braves on the warpath. Beat the cowboy's ass.